Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kyle Tolzman, and you're listening to the Against All Average podcast, episode number seven, the show where business owners and entrepreneurs come to learn the skills and mindset to lead exceptional lives. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Jake, always making sales, Spurly. What's up, Jake? They call me the closer, Kyle. No, they don't. Hey, I just closed something big the other day, and we're we're gonna drop some some absolute gold today on that very recent experience. Kind of walk them through through what I did. We're gonna talk about some other things. I'm absolutely jacked up about this quick hitter on sales. How about you, dude? I'm good, man. We just got off a different interview, uh, episode thirteen. Uh, eye-opening episode. You guys are going to love episode number 13. Obviously, it's a few episodes down the road for you right now. Uh, But Jenny Murison talks about grief and getting through the ups and downs of business and life, how to approach it with a positive mindset and gives you actionable strategy for getting out of the rut. It was awesome. Yeah, that was absolute fire. Like we talk about dropping gold. That is an absolute gold nugget. Episode 13, you cannot miss that. There's going to be some great content there. As with every Against All Average episode we have, right, Kyle? It's always something good. It's always something good. Even if it's just shenanigans, it's all good. Shenanigans like throwing shade and making fun of your whiteboards and, you know, the little things. Fixing lawnmowers. That happens. <laughs> you got, hey, you got to keep those lawnmowers running. Grasses is, grasses is growing, right? I agree, dude. <laughs> Grass Trucking is right growing. along. Trucking right along. There Who is go. our episode sponsor? Our episode sponsor today is the same as it was last episode and for the future <laughs> few episodes. It's Fame Pro Services. Our friends at Fame will give you the above all average treatment with an awesome new website, custom graphics, social media management, and a full line of printing services. Fame the trusted partner of the Against All Average podcast. I love it. And we love our one singular sponsor. And just so you know, podcast listeners, if you know anybody that needs a little marketing love, they should reach out to us because the one and only Kyle Polsman has a beautiful voice for any sponsor plug that needs a little extra marketing love. Get a hold of us. We'd love to reward you. Absolutely. Hey, we were talking to a a different uh, person about how they started their company. And I have this funny story about how I started Awestruck Lacrosse eight years ago. You want to hear it? You know, I was actually meaning to meaning to uh, ask you about that. And I just got so caught up and jacked up about this episode. I just totally forgot, dude. It doesn't mean it's not important. I want to hear how the one and only Awestruck Lacrosse got started. All right. And I'm not going to go into everything. I'm starting like how did I figure out how to start this thing? And I think most people are like, yeah, you came up with a full business plan and you pitched the idea to investors or something like that. But it all started back in the day. I used to work lacrosse camps in the summer for Lauren Smith lacrosse and Lauren's an amazing guy. And he used to let me sell, uh, they, let the counselors that were coaching this camp sell different things. And so some people would sell lacrosse sticks and some people would sell um, pizza and they would mark up the pizza and all the campers would eat this pizza. But I was just like, I'm going to make Costco muffins the coolest thing 
at the camp. And I'm just going to talk about all things muffins constantly and just be in their heads, be in their face. And I was using my business skills to make muffins. And so it wasn't that the muffins were that delicious. It was just that it was the cool thing to do. And then I started getting kids to buy them by the pack, the pack of six. Then they would do a, a 12 muffin deal when I didn't have, when I needed to get rid of them. And Long story short, I made about a grand or $1,500 profit selling muffins at a couple camps. And we do Gatorade and stuff like that. But the muffins, we could jack up the profit margin on those a little bit. Campers needed them. They're filling. They're cheap, but not too cheap. And I just, lo I would load up my old beater 1984 Toyota truck with an old grandpa canopy on the back. You know, it has the doors where you open both yeah. of them up at the same time. It's clear glass. You can see through them. And I just yeah. stacked those up, just getting hundreds and hundreds of dollars of muffins. And so I took that money and like any, any person that has a, a good idea about what they're doing, got to take the money to Reno and Lake Tahoe, and I actually gambled the $1,500, <laughs> turned it into $3,000, and that's how I started Awestruck Lacrosse. You can find Awestruck Lacrosse at awestrucklacrosse.com. Camps, clinics, teams, events, and that's how I did it, folks. You know, I have to ask, you You said you were selling them by the six pack. Did you at least like remove the label or scribble off that they were six bucks and you were selling them for 20? <laughs> well, that's neither here nor there. Like when, when, you, when you get, when you're an influential leader and you get your followers so jacked up about chocolate muffins, they'll run through a brick wall for them. So I do, I do giveaways. They'd be doing trick shots. I'd be giving away muffins at in the afternoon session, it's like 100 degrees and kids are trying to, to hammer down a chocolate muffin with no water. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was freaking awesome. But those are, those are the days of hustling muffins. Uh, and, and I didn't really know I was going to start my own lacrosse company at that point. Um, but I did know that I was at a time in my life where I was having a heck of a lot of fun and coaching and, and doing camps and those types of things. And I just started my own company. And now I do uh, very similar types of things. So not everybody has a boring story about how they, they started their company, but it was, it was tight in those uh, first few years trying to see what $3,000 will get you before I even made a dollar. I was probably down to, I don't know, $300 in my bank account. And I would start charging things up on my credit card, cross my fingers. And uh, luckily with a little bit of sales, we'll talk about, today and uh, a good marketing pipeline and just some good energy, making sure that I was talking to all my customers and figuring out what they needed. Uh, I was able to, to turn that $3,000 into uh, many, many sales down the road. On the muffin topic, because I, I just, I can't get past it yet. I, I, I just can't let the muffins go. How much of those sales, because back then you're probably a college kid, you don't toot your horn and say that you were a good salesman back in college. But how much of that was actually your sales skills and how much of it was creating the experience and the connection to the muffins? It was all the experience, right? Like by the end, they just called me the muffin man. Like I didn't even have, <laughs> I didn't have a name anymore. So if, if you're in, if you're in your sector 
if you're in your section of business and you're called the sales guru or you're called the marketing genius, that's a good t title to have. I was kind of pissed off that my my name was the Muffin Man. Like it wasn't anything, it wasn't anything super legit. But like I, I could laugh all all I wanted to because at the end of the day they were buying more muffins because I created a movement of muffin lovers and they would choke them down each night by the six pack. It was, it was freaking ridiculous how many I sold. And I, I, I'm I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I loaded my entire truck and canopy with them to the roof and would sell them out um a dollar profit at a time something like that and it was uh it was the early days of entrepreneurship uh where the living was easy didn't have too many responsibilities and was just trying to trying to turn some muffins for a for a buck or two and it led to great conversations and great connections with kids and it also allowed me to have a better experience with them coaching them as well because they always wanted to hang out with the muffin man because we'd be talking a little bit about lacrosse strategy what you could do better here and then they knew I was pumping it and they thought it was hilarious that I was just pumping it and pumping it and they all had had no idea uh the that that money would go on to uh start my first company and, and change my, my view on entrepreneurship and be able to help a lot of people down the road. And I think this is going to actually really tie in nicely and lead, lead us into, into this episode's topic of sales in that your product is just a medium, right? How you go about selling that, creating the experience, the rapport, the energy, the vibe is really kind of the key here. You were selling muffins. You didn't even make the muffins. You left the label on them. People knew you were marketing up by like 300%, but it was the, it was the experience of getting the muffin. And we're really going to dive into sales. How do you create the experience? You know, how do you go about it? And um, I, I just think that's a, it's a, it's a great lead in of having the experience since you proved it, right? You didn't have anything special. You just had the muffin man vibe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what's funny is like the, the stuff that I know now, not all of it was I have this established plan and this is what happens. I was just being myself, right? And I think sometimes people try to fit a certain sales mold and it screws up all their sales. Like they try to be the pushy salesman or they, they try all the different tricks well, you can't really try all the different tricks if you aren't in your own element. You're not talking the way that you would talk. You're not connecting the way that you would connect. And so I think a lot of times we overthink sales. Really, we just got to listen and ask the right questions. Jake, you, you have Fame Software, which offers a lot of solutions for events in general. They manage vendors better. They're able to pay vendors. They're there's all sorts of things that this fame software does. So talk a little bit about you have a fair on the phone or you have a racetrack on the phone. What does the sales call go like? Can you talk to us from like the start of the call, middle of the call? What are you trying to do? How do you end the call? Um, a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are probably in the beginning stages of even picking up the phone and that scares the crap out of them. How do you do that? Give us an, ex, uh, an example when you were on the phone with a fair and you were trying to offer them some of your services. I think the first thing that 
it starts before the call, before you even pick up the phone, you have to be in the right mindset. And I always have to get myself in the mindset of, I know who I am, but I have to match the same level of energy as the person I'm talking to. I have to be a chameleon. I could be, I could be absolutely jacked up. Like I'm going to run through a brick wall, but if the person I'm calling on is complete monotone, just, you know, straightforward, I have to match that. And I have to bring my level of energy down so I can be on their same wavelength. And even before I'm hopping on, do your research. Um, you know, on a recent call I had with the fair, I did my research with them. I got into the, you know, I was trying to sell them software, not trying to sell them. I was really just trying to gain understanding of their processes. So I did my homework on their processes so that I wasn't wasting their time. The worst thing you can do is waste somebody's time when you have absolutely no rapport with them. And I told them that up front. Um, it really opened up with, hey, you know, my name is Jake Spurley. I'm with fame. I, you probably haven't heard of us. And that's totally okay. no worries. Um, do you have just like a quick 30 seconds right now or would a different time be better? You know, you, with that simple line, you tell them a lot of things. One, you tell them a little bit about who you are, why you're calling them. Two, you are showing appreciation and respect for their time. Do you have 30 seconds? And by 30 seconds, I don't care if you want to talk to them for an hour. It's always 30 seconds right. because 30 seconds seems Oh yeah, it's just 30 seconds. Then you can ask a question. If they answer, you ask another question. Also by that timeline or by that opening line, if they say, no, I'm super busy right now. Great. No worries. I fully understand. When would be a better time to follow up? How about, you know, tomorrow at 1130? And then they're either going to say yes or no, no, pick a different time. Um, If they just, you never want to say, oh, keep it open end. You don't want to keep it open-ended, right? You want it to be a close question. So they have to say yes or no, so you can gain agreement on the next date. And then also by that, you're setting up a promise to the customer. And the first step of building rapport is following through on promises. And by telling some, somebody you're going to do something and actually doing it is the easiest way for them to gain confidence um, in you and your abilities. And part of the podcast is about leading, leading an exceptional life as well. Doing what you say you're going to do is one of the fundamental ways to be successful. I don't care who you are, how much money you've made, etc. If you don't do what you say you're going to do, I'm moving on. I'm going to the next person. And it's really a, t- a tough learning lesson for some people, but some, some business folks do not have great follow through. They don't have great discipline or accountability for themselves. And they end up screwing themselves over because they say they're going to be on a call at 10 and it's 10 15 and they they have been nowhere to be found. So very important in this sta- this, these sales stages to make sure that you, you get them on a different time slot that works for them give them that yes or no question, but then be there. And even better, how about you be five minutes early? Your parents have told you that your whole life anyway. Five minutes early, 10 minutes early is on time. On time is late. Same thing in sales, same thing in business. You have got to build a rapport. You have to act like an expert. Would a doctor show up late to a surgery? 
Would a lawyer show up late to court? Okay, the good ones will not. Absolutely not. And so take your business as an expert. An expert would not be late. An expert would be early. And going off that, I can't even go into describe how many deals I've gotten into by just doing what I said I was going to do. Like there have been many times where I simply couldn't offer the solution that the customer needed. Like my competitor had a better solution and I didn't think I was going to get in. My competitor did not do what they said they were going to do. And I was the only one that said that did what I said I was going to do. And just for that simple fact, they went with my solution. You know, their customers, they're, they're doing business with me because I do what I say I'm going to do every and, single time. And people like to buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And if they don't trust you, if I can't trust you to show up for a meeting that you told me you're going to show up for, I don't trust you to handle my business because my business is something that supports me, supports my family and supports other families. So if I can't trust you, there's no way I'm going to get to know you better. And if I don't get to know you better, I'm not going to like you because I don't know you. I have nothing to base my, my reaction off of other than you are a flake you didn't show up for your meeting. And there are exceptions. If you're gonna be late for a meeting, call the customer, text the customer, email the customer, heck, do all three of them to make sure that you are trustworthy and make sure you say that you're freaking sorry about it as well. It also goes into your schedule. Make sure that when you have appointments in your calendar, in your schedule, that you have buffer times at the front end and the back end of every single meeting. I can't tell you the amount of times a sales call has gone long and then you screw over the next person that is in line. In order to make sure that your customers are legitimately happy as a clam at all times, find ways to be on time and over-deliver as opposed to under-delivering and having to show up late because of your mistake. Make sure you're also on the same page with your assistant and your assistant knows to schedule your buffer times uh, in the front and in the back end of every single meeting. I think going beyond that is ownership, right? If, you're, if, you, if you screwed up, own it. There's nothing that will gain, I think, the confidence and the respect from a customer when you just absolutely eat it and own it. You know, I absolutely screwed up on, you know, maybe it's a job. I absolutely screwed up on this. I am terribly sorry. It is our mistake and we are going to make it right. You know, we, you know, we, we talk about kind of that we're talking about the beginning of a sales call and kind of how, how do we go through the sales process and what do I do? Um, sometimes I'm calling them at a, at a wrong time where I made a mistake. I said something improper on the phone, own it. They customers respect that so much to have, um, I guess to put your ego aside, right. And say my mistake big deal. Let's move on. Um, and kind of, kind of going into my, into the example of, of this fair that I was talking to and kind of tying this back in going through the steps here, we're, we're going to give you an example, um, of what I did on the, on the phone with this, this prospect. And then we're going to kind of, kind of break it down afterwards for you into little tangible pieces, actionable items. Cause we're always trying to give you actionable items on things to do here on the Against All Average podcast. 
after that opener, um, it was all about asking questions. I cannot harp enough the power of asking questions constantly. New salespeople. And Jake, can you give an example of, can you give an, give an example of some of the questions? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think real quick, new salespeople get too caught up in talking about themselves and they throw up everywhere. Um, when all you have to do is ask questions. That's all you have to do. Keep asking questions. Some of the questions I ask, um, particularly for software, is do you have any current software solutions that you use? The answer is yes. Then we go into pain points. I need to understand their frustrations. And once I understand their frustrations and pain points, I can more thoroughly custom tailor my solution to help solve their problems. People buy based off, um, I guess, their problem, their pain points. People buy quicker um, when they're in need of something, if something, if a process is painful. And let me stop you right there is they're buying off of emotion and these pain points create and elicit an emotion. If a software glitches somewhere, I'm going to feel something. And usually the feeling, the raw emotion is anger or frustration. So if you can get that customer to experience some of that emotion on that call, just keep fueling that fire if and only if you have a proper solution. Continue on, Jake. And we go into once I know their pain point, let's say, you know, a common one in for our software is, hey, the software we use right now, um, it only allows us to have so many users. So our productivity, you know, decreases. Great. That sounds like a really big issue for you. Productivity equals time and money. Um, and that's something I really want to get deeper into. Once they answer the question, you don't want to talk about your solution and say, oh, how I can solve your problems. You want to open the category, gain commitment on that it's a problem, it's a pain point, table that category for the end, and then ask another question. So when they tell me about a pain point, I ask them, oh, that sounds like a really big deal. So like, how does that affect you? Does that, I would assume that slows down your process, it backlogs things. It probably really frustrates you because things can't get done on time. And most of the time, they're always saying, yes, it sucks. You know, it really frustrates me because now you're associating, like Kyle said here, you're associating an emotional aspect to an action. You know, the emotion is frustration, rage, they can't get something done. And that action is their current software solution uh, isn't able to provide that feature. It doesn't work like they want it to. And I just keep asking those questions. Um, going further into their pain points. What are your pain points of X, Y, Z? And once I've really kind of gotten to the end, you're always asking, is there absolutely anything else that frustrates you about your current solution? Just to give them one last opportunity to, to get anything else out. Then you kind of recap. Okay, it sounds like, you know, having enough users is a really big issue that causes you a lot of pain. Um, you know, not the price is too high because you, now you have this bank of categories of frustration and pain points. You can loop back around say, you know, I feel very confidently that the solution I can offer, you know, addresses all of these needs. 
because now you're giving them a feel of security of this person is listening to my current problems. He understands what I'm going through, but also that, that the solution he's trying to sell me on addresses all the things that I need taken care of. And if you're selling multiple services, um, like so Fame offers software, we also offer our professional services, dive into those. If they're answering your questions, don't stop asking them. Clearly, you have to figure out the vibe. Um, but I, in this particular call, I just kept, kept asking questions. Okay, you know, so I think our software solution is a perfect match for you. You know, I just have to ask, you know, hate, hate to be nosy, make a fool out of yourself a little bit, right? Um, I have this other solution. Would that even be something that you guys would be like interested in? I just have to ask the question, you know? And most right. of the time, they're going to think, oh, wow, he's actually thinking about our, you know, our business and kind of how we, how we look at it. And they really respect it because you're looking past just the singular objects. You're taking a deeper dive into it. Uh, with this particular sales call, I was actually able to hook them onto five different services that we offer when I was only going for one. But just by asking questions, it came up to be five other things. Um, and that's, and, that's, and that's what the power the, of asking questions. And just asking the right ones, right? And, and how do you know what questions to ask? I think you have to really think about your products and your solutions and start tailoring the questions to see if they have any pain point with those areas. So obviously questioning is, is one of the most important parts of sales but it's also difficult. You don't just figure it out overnight. And I'm sure your sales strategy has changed quite a bit, even in the last few months, as far as how you, how you question. You're always listening, you're always questioning, but sometimes the questions change in order to get higher conversion rates. What are some things that you've played around with and how you ask your questions to get your solutions across? Yeah, when, before, I wouldn't say before in my early sales days, um, I would always kind of ask the same questions without regard to my audience. Um, I was always going to ask these questions. I don't care if you're happy go lucky person, you're a monotone person, you're, you know, some guy that's going to run through the wall. And I've really started tailoring my questions based off of the vibe of the customer. Um, I think you can really understand the vibe of the customer in the first 30 seconds, one minute of the meeting. And for me, what's really helped me out is I make a little document, pen and paper, whatever it is, when I'm looking at the customer's website, figuring it out, I write down everything possible that I could sell them. And then I level it based off of importance for the customer. So, hey, I'm going to start off with software. I see that their website looks like trash. So I'm also going to ask them about that. Uh, I also noticed they haven't posted on Facebook in about three years. I'm just gonna casually ask who manages that account, see what's going on there. And I think by, by the answers you're receiving from your initial questions, you can really tailor your, your, your further questions. Because there's a lot of times we'll be asking them about their pain points about solution A, and they will say something, because a lot of things in everybody's business, they all tie together, right? So if you're trying to fix problem A, there's probably a connection between A and something else they do that's gonna come up. And just think through all your product lines and the flow of their business of they brought that up casually. Oh, that sounds like a pain point too. Is that something we could talk about? Because a lot of solutions all flow 
together. And I think depicting how they flow together and how you can help their overall system is so important, Kyle. Absolutely. And I think one of those things as well, as far as you're asking all these questions, a lot of stuff will come up. You'll figure out they may have a wife, husband, partner, etc. You may find out that they live with grandma and grandpa. You may find out that they have three kids and the names and ages of those kids. Write down notes, either in the, in the notes section of your phone or in any CRM or a, a random document. And I say random, make sure you title it, you know where it is, but make sure, make sure you take notes on each person. If you feel a certain energy, write down the energy so that you can understand how you're going to work with this person and remind yourself. You also know, and you can ask about, you can ask questions about their family like you care and you should care. It's always horrible. Like, oh, how's the son doing? I don't, I don't have a son. Like I, I personally do, but, but you know, they're, they, they ask, Oh, how's little Debbie doing? And her, her name's Darla. It's not Debbie. It just makes you look like, I don't know. It just makes you look like you're trying to check the boxes of building rapport, but you're just being fake there. So I think that's another uh, quick one. Jake, can you recap what we talked about today in this quick hitter so we can make sure that our guests can be on their way? Yeah, I think really our attainable uh, goals here, these actionable items, we really want you to take away from episode seven's quick hitter. One, the power of asking questions. Don't stop asking questions. If somebody is answering your questions, why would you stop asking them? Two would definitely be you have to match the vibe of the person you're talking to. If you're jacked up like Kyle and I, and you're talking to somebody who is not jacked up like us, you have to match their level. You have to get inside their head. You have to make them feel like they are talking to somebody that is like them. They will open up quicker and they will get you the answers that you want to have. And going on to the third actionable item I think we want you to take away is building rapport in every aspect. Say or do what you say you're going to do. Understand the little things about your customers and the little trick about keeping notes in your CRM or under the contact section, whatever it is. The easiest way to get a lead to a customer is by building rapport and saying and doing what you say you're going to do, Kyle. That's awesome, Jake. Thank you so much. You've also... Both of us have been in sales just because we run our own businesses and we run them pretty light. So we have to sell just as much as our salespeople do. So these are some good, tangible ways for you to be successful at sales. In order to grow the podcast, we need your help. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and tell a friend about every episode you find value in and share the episode on your favorite social media platform. If you liked the episode, please rate the episode and leave us a review. You can find us at Against All Average on all your favorite social media platforms. Another big shout out to Fame Pro Services for being our sponsor on episode seven of the Against All Average podcast. We'll see everybody next time. 